Hello, everyone, and welcome into Talking Schmidt, the bracket edition here for March Madness. I'm your host, Ethan Schmidt. Joining today, a good friend of mine, Trey Price. You've been on the show before, Trey, so you kind of know how things go. I just talk a lot and ask questions and hope that you can provide me the right answers. I don't know about the right answers, but I'll give you an answer. I'll, I'll take that, especially with March Madness. You never really know what's going on anyway, so it's it's pretty much a big guess and, and a lot of optimism as you start off with. Uh, one of the favorite reasons why I can have Trey on here is because, Trey, there's a team that's not going to be in the uh, in March Madness and trying to get the big dance. Do you want to tell everybody who that is? Uh, there's a couple that come to mind, but the one that I'm particularly we'll go with upset about is Kentucky. You know, we'll call it a rough season. Um, yep. well, COVID but, season. That being said, there's no bias for this bracket. Cause you That's right. I'll just, put, I'll just put Kentucky all the way because, you know, nobody else wants to. So if they pull it off, I'm going to win the bracket. But, you know, it is what it is. Nine-win season so far. <laughs> so a lot of guessing for Trey today. But, uh, of course, Duke not in the tournament either. Another big name. That was missing. It was first time since 1976 that neither Duke or Kentucky, uh, or at least the last time that they both weren't in the tournament at the same time. Uh, could you imagine if like KU wouldn't have made it like Kansas, how crazy that would have been. And you'd have to probably go back to like the thirties to find uh, the last time like, they weren't playing for a national championship. And I think what the tournament started in the sixties. So I guess back in the sixties, maybe, but uh Really a, a fun way to look at this bracket, and and I think the best part about all this is the fact that we actually get the bracket this year. You know, last year all this was cut short right at the uh, kind of midway points of some of the the powerhouse divisions uh, championship tournaments. So we actually get it this year, and that's got to be a, a fun thing for everybody. So Trey, we're gonna go ahead and jump into this one. We're gonna start in the West region, and. Uh, uh, I, I know it's, you got your bracket here in front of you, so we'll start in the West. Um, who do you have? Do you have any first round, first round uh, upsets to look forward to? Do you feel like there's any teams that might be able to kind of pull out an upset early on in this one? Well, almost every year I go ahead and take a 12 over a five, regardless of what teams are in it, because I feel like that's one of the bigger upsets to happen. I don't see it particularly with Creighton and UCSB, but – if I were to fill a bracket, I'm taking every single 12 over a five because just one of those things I do. Um, I'd love to see Kansas get beat first round because, you know, with this year, like you kind of said, Kentucky's out already. Duke didn't make it. So Kansas to lose in the first round would just be hilarious to me. Um, but, yeah, that's all I've got so far as far as upsets. Yeah, I don't see uh, I don't see Kansas uh, losing to Eastern Washington. Just uh, that's one of those ones that I don't see. Um, Creighton, I don't see them losing either. I think that with the way that Drake played tonight, I don't, I don't know if you got a chance to catch the end of that one. We're still obviously recording the show when the play-in games are actually happening. Uh, so uh, of course, Michigan State, UCLA, still yet to even tip off tonight. Uh, but Drake, a, a close one against Wichita State. Both those teams battling. I, I could see Drake upsetting USC. I don't have that on my bracket. I have USC winning that matchup. I, I think that uh, this is a good year for USC, but um, looking at it, there's a good chance. That's the only one I really can see uh, as an upset. VCU against Oregon, that's a good possibility as well. 
Um, you could possibly see one of those, uh, a 10 over a seven in that instance. And I, I think VCU would be a good one. I don't have any upsets though. I have all top seeds winning this one, including Oklahoma over Mizzou, which is probably one of the bigger games that I'm kind of interested to see how that one goes. Uh, a, a former big 12 matchup that could bring a lot of, uh, excitement on the first few days here of the tournament. Is there a game that sticks out to you in that first round in the West? Uh, that's one of the ones I was looking at, too, because, you know, nine over eight is definitely not uncommon. Um, I don't see it happening this year. I know both those teams are like one or two games away with a different record, but I'm still taking Oklahoma. Um, I think the game I'm most excited for, you kind of brought it up, too, was Oregon-VCU. I think that might be a closer one than a lot of people were expecting. Looking forward in this one, do you have uh, – who do you have coming out of the West? Who's your final team remaining? Gonzaga. No doubt about it. Yeah. Yeah. That That's where I went to. I, I think this is a good year for them. Um, I, I think that they would have a tough matchup against Virginia or Creighton if those two teams do advance to that point. Um, I think Iowa would be a tough opponent. I have Gonzaga versus Iowa in that last matchup there in the Elite Eight um, coming out of the West. Uh, I think that Gonzaga does have a tough road, though. If you look at potential opponents for him, Oklahoma could be a tough matchup. Virginia could be a tough matchup. Iowa could be a tough matchup if that happens, or even Creighton, or even if KU can make it out of that bottom bottom tier. But, I mean, you look at how Gonzaga's play this year, 92 points uh, per game. They've only allowed 69 points per game. They're 4-0 against top 25 uh, opponents. Uh, I think this is this might be, coming into this one, a chance to say this is theirs to lose this year. So I agree with you on Gonzaga there. Let's go ahead and move into... Uh, the South Division here uh, across the side of the bracket, so we'll have at least our top uh, spots done before we get down into the lower half of the bracket here. Any upsets that you're looking at in the first round that could potentially be there? Let's see. Let's see. Like I told you, I'm always taking a 12 over 5, whether I agree with it or not. It's just a system I have. Um. I don't think I have any upsets out of the South besides Winter Brother Villanova, which saying out loud sounds ridiculous, but <laughs> it's my system and I'm riding with it. Yeah, I actually have a – this is where I take my nine in this one. I'm actually taking Wisconsin over UNC. I know it's a little crazy for some to think. Wisconsin is, is a tough team. They have a, they have a talented team, though. Um, I, I think that this is a time where they could really – really kind of shine against UNC. However, I don't see them getting past Baylor anyway. I, I think that they could get that win against UNC, though. Kind of stunned the ACC early on. The Big Ten has been a tremendous this year in basketball, uh, just kind of judging at how many top seeds they've had, either one or two um, from their division coming out. I do like this one, though, in that first uh, – uh, I like that Florida-Virginia Tech matchup. I have Florida winning that one, but I could see Virginia Tech actually beating Florida in that first round. Virginia Tech, other than some uh, their season kind of coming to an end early, that's why I took Florida in that matchup was just because of uh, COVID protocols having to shut down Vodtech's program late. They were actually on a pretty good start and streak early on, so uh, that could be a, a fun one to watch as well, another 10 versus 7. Right, and – from what I saw, I think they were undefeated against top 25 teams, too. It's either 3-0 and or 4-0. and So, I mean, it's something to keep in mind. 
Yeah, four and zero. Good call on that one, Trey. Just to kind of think what this team could possibly do. Uh, I do actually have a you know a kind of a surprise. I think I do have uh, I have Villanova actually playing into the Sweet Sixteen along with Texas Tech. Uh, Coach Beard's group at Texas Tech, just from what we've seen in the past from them, a good possibility to get there. I do have a one versus two matchup again, though, in the uh, in the Elite Eight with Baylor against Ohio State. I took Baylor to win out here in the South. Uh, is that what you went with as well? Yes, that's just another. You know, everybody wants a one seed to go all the way. It's predictable, but I'm, <laughs> there's no team out of that region that I just see stopping them. Yeah, Baylor's been uh, they're you know they're one of the top favorite teams here at this point uh, to be you know last in line and last team standing. Going into the East now, Michigan the top seed there. Uh, I do have an upset early on in this one, and I actually have a, a two round upset. Uh, this is my 12 seed that I'm taking. I think Georgetown, uh, everything that we've seen with Patrick Ewing and, and how he's been talking about you know, being disrespected and, and whatnot when he was going into the garden. I think Georgetown's going to come out fired up, playing really well. Um, Colorado, I know they stunned a lot of people in the Pac-12, but uh, I could see Georgetown getting a big win over Colorado to start off with and a possibility of knocking off Florida State if they see them in the next round. So that's one of my upsets that I have in here. And then, of course, Michigan State, UCLA, whoever wins that game tonight. I mean, you've always heard the phrase – January, February, Izzo. There's a good possibility that we see Izzo's club beat UCLA tonight and then go on to beat uh, BYU in that first round. So I do have a few upsets early on in this matchup. I think the only one besides my 12 and 5, because I have to do it, um, I could see UConn losing to Maryland. I In an ideal world, as a Kentucky fan, Kentucky, Duke, North Carolina – UConn, all these powerhouse programs, Kansas, they're all at home after the first round. I think that would be a wild start to the entire tournament. Like you said, we didn't get to play it last year. But the team on my radar, Alabama, is coming out on top out of that region. Wow. So go ahead. I actually have Alabama losing to Texas, but I could see that. I could see uh, Alabama, they were fired playing just inspired basketball throughout the SEC tournament. Uh, I could see that. I think that's a good call. I do have Texas knocking off Michigan, though, in that uh, in that Elite Eight matchup to advance to the Final Four. Uh, Shaka Smarts Club, it's the first big, uh, big 12 championship that they've had. Um, I believe it was in 26 years is what they were saying for Texas. So, I mean, Texas is going to be a tough team down the stretch. Um, yeah, first conference title in 26 years. Oklahoma State won the tournament, but Texas winning the season. So I thought Texas out of this one I think would be a good one, but I agree. Alabama could be a just a, a force to be reckoned with if they start getting hot later on, as we saw in the SEC tournament. I think out of that region is the most confident I am that the number one seed is not going to make it to the final four. Yeah, Michigan struggling late in the year. I agree with you on that one. I, I mean, Michigan – they could get bounced. Honestly, if they play LSU, I feel like they could get bounced against LSU. Um, I, I don't think it would happen just because of just how Michigan's been over the past few seasons. That's why I had them at least go into the Elite Eight. But, I mean, they could have a tough road as well. Think about, you know, just playing Georgetown or playing against Florida State, possibly, uh, in a Sweet 16 matchup. That's a tough road to go. You know, Florida State's been known to make some good runs in the tournament as well. So, yeah, Michigan, I, I think, has one of the harder brackets and trips there to the uh, the final four from their division. Let's go over to the Midwest, uh, Trey. 
looking at that, any first round upsets that you have, I think you're obviously going to take your 12 versus five in this one. I did too. Um, but I also have uh, Syracuse coming out as a, another uh, team that could win in the first round. Um, absolutely. Regardless of what teams are there, I'm taking 12 over five and seeing that Tennessee's a five, I'm a hundred thousand percent taking the 12 over five. They're the most overrated team in the entire bracket. They got smacked by Kentucky last time they played. And keep in mind, we are a nine-win team so far this season. We might get that 10th dub if we make it to the NIT at least, but who knows at this point. <laughs> so, nothing will make me happier to see that 12 over five out of this region. Um, Liberty and OK State, just for some reason, I have a tie to Liberty when it comes to football, basketball, whatever. I feel like they're always an underdog and – can scare people, just come out of nowhere and advance. So I wouldn't mind seeing that upset as well. Um, but other than that, I think that's all I've got. I don't see Rutgers over Clemson. Houston, I believe, is overrated too. Um, you know, Memphis didn't even make the tournament, which I feel like they kind of got robbed, but they hung with Houston the entire time. So Houston is not consistently dominant, in my opinion, regardless of their record. Yeah, I'm, I'm looking at I, – I like – I mean, I can understand, the, you know, looking at that 13 matchup and hoping that Liberty is able to kind of, you know, has a possibility against Oklahoma State. Normally we see that a lot of times those 13 seeds. You don't really know what's going to happen there. Uh, Oklahoma State, though, does have that, like, phenomenal freshman, that one player of the year in the in the Big 12. Um, so I, I don't know. I think Oklahoma State should be able to make it at least to the uh, Sweet 16. Um, I like – I, I kind of feel bad, you know, for Loyola Chicago – I feel like they're a talented team and they're going to kind of meet Illinois in that second round if they're able to get past Georgia Tech. Uh, so that's that's kind of sad. But yeah, I, I did take the Syracuse matchup over uh, San Diego State uh, before I've, I, I know in past brackets, I know it doesn't really matter, but you know, sometimes you look at teams that have burned you and, and I believe San Diego State's burned me enough times where I just don't take them. Moorhead State, the OVC representative, I just don't see them playing close at all with West Virginia. I see West Virginia kind of running rough shot on them. So, uh, sorry, Moorhead State. You know, this is a this is an Austin P fan base here. So we're definitely not going to take Moorhead State. Um, this one I had pretty much going to it as one, two, three, and four kind of getting there with one and two taking each other on. I could see Houston losing to Clemson. I could see Houston losing to West Virginia if they get into that um, Sweet Sixteen. But this is Illinois part of the bracket to absolutely lose at this point in the Midwest. So I have Illinois advancing into the final four. I can definitely see that. And like I said, I feel like Houston's overrated this year. They'll probably make it to the sweet 16 and then get put out. Um, but I don't know, man, I've got Clemson in Illinois, but if Clemson makes it that far, I, I wouldn't want to see them towards the end. Just something about them this year. Yeah, Illinois uh, ended up winning. I believe didn't they win the uh, the Big Ten this year? They won the Big Ten tournament. Uh, just mm -hmm. a, a powerhouse team, eighty one points per game that they've scored. That's that's been kind of what I've seen from them. Uh, they have some really talented talented players out there. Um, yeah, I could I could see Illinois just kind of being there just for that reason. Seven and three against top twenty five opponents. I think that the Big Ten was probably the toughest uh, conference this entire year, so that's why I'm kind of sticking uh, with my picks with a lot of Big Ten uh, teams at least making it into that you know Final Four, uh, Lead Eight, Sweet Sixteen realm. So 
uh, that might be just kind of a, a bias of watching them for the, you know, obviously the, for the past few years, you know, those first few years when I was working in Michigan and things like that, just kind of seeing those teams a lot, of, I have a little bit of bias for those big 10 teams. Maybe that's just a bad thing on my part, but, um, even watching, of course, you know, I felt like I've kind of overshadowed the sec this year. They've been a very tough conference to play in, you know, and I don't have anybody out. No, I don't have anybody from their conference advancing to the final four. So that's kind of a rough one. Let's, let's get to that final four tray and we'll start over there with Gonzaga. Um, I had Gonzaga, Texas. I believe you had Gonzaga versus Alabama. Uh, is this, is this the Bulldogs over the tide? Yes. If, if they're going to lose a game this year, that's the one. Um, if they get past Alabama, because I, I don't see any other way that there's a different matchup right there. If they beat Alabama, you can go ahead and declare them national champions. Just where I'm at. I, I took Gonzaga as well. Uh, on the other side, I, I had Baylor over Illinois uh, with Gonzaga topping Baylor in the championship is kind of how I've put my bracket together for this one. Um, who do you have Gonzaga beating in the national championship if they get there? Doesn't matter. Whoever's there, that's <laughs> where the championship. Uh, I mean, I could see it. Yeah, I, I mean, I really like what they've done uh, this year. I think it's it's kind of a um, a fun a fun year for it, just because you know this is they're one of those teams that have won so many games in the uh, in the national tournament, yet still yet to win that national championship. So you know, it's huge for them to get in there and and do that. And I, I think. I, I hope that they don't get bounced early, especially because I have them winning it all. But, you know, like I said, it, it is a tough road for them. I mean, a possibility of seeing an Oklahoma or a Missouri, a possibility of seeing a Creighton or maybe a West Virginia, you know, and then from the bottom of that bracket, several powerhouses and several teams that have, you know, been dominant in these tournaments, Kansas, Iowa, Oregon, VCU, just teams that could definitely get there. Um Looking back at it, I guess we can kind of go in reverse order here for it. I, I know there's obviously only been one number one seed to fall in the first round of the NCAA tournament. Looking at the four that we have here, Illinois taking on Drexel, Michigan versus Texas Southern, uh, Baylor versus Hartford, and then Gonzaga against the winner of either Norfolk, Norfolk State or Appalachian State, which right now, as I currently watch that game, Norfolk State has pretty much uh, handled uh, Appalachian State. There's 17 minutes still left in this one, but they're up 38-22. Obviously, it's it's college basketball. Anything can happen. But looking at those number one matchups, do you feel like there is any number one team that could possibly fall this year to a 16 seed? I don't think it will happen. But if I'm picking one that let's say, you know, they have to lose one, one seed has to go. Michigan, it was nice knowing you. We'll see you. Texas Southern knocking off Michigan, a possibility. I, I think you're right. Michigan struggled at points during the season. I think that that's a, a, a good thing um, to kind of look at. I, I don't see Illinois losing in a first round just with the kind of the hot start they're on. Baylor has been so dominant. Gonzaga has been so dominant. So if you had to look at it, you know, who is that last one? You know, Michigan uh, kind of getting bounced against Ohio State in the Big Ten tournament was kind of shocking. So I agree with you on that one. Uh, I know for your two seed, you know, there's been times where both we've seen multiple two seeds fall to 15 seeds. Uh, I think back to the year that Missouri lost to Richmond, I believe, and Duke lost to Mercer. Um, mm-hmm. Looking at this, Iowa versus GCU, Ohio State versus Oral Roberts, um, Houston versus Cleveland State, and of course Alabama versus Iona. 
I feel like you're going to take Houston in this one just because you haven't been sold on them. Uh, but, you know, go ahead and elaborate. Well, you feel correctly. Um, I don't know, man. Said I just feel like that record of theirs is very deceiving. Because, you know, I'm also a Memphis fan. That's where I'm from. And I've watched them play. And that's, I don't know. I don't know if I'm just biased. Probably. More than likely, actually. But Houston, got to go. Yeah, I'm looking at – I think that's a good one as well. I think there could be an interesting matchup between Ohio State and Oral Roberts. I know – hear me out for a second. Uh, yeah. I know it seems a little weird. But Oral Roberts coming into that matchup, uh, they're averaging eighty about 82 points per game that they score – and only allowing 75% or 75 points per game from an opponent. Uh, that could be a fun one to watch. I, I don't think Ohio State would lose it, uh, but Oral Roberts, that's a good uh, a good team to kind of see maybe stun some, or at least keep, keep some people a little shaky on day one of the NCAA tournament. Uh, I just, I feel like this isn't going to be a big year for upsets. I, I just don't. Uh, I don't know why. Maybe it's just because, you know, we haven't really, you know, Basketball has been a little bit different because we haven't had that many fans being able to attend games. And so, you know, you have to really watch your team on TV. So a lot of times you're not really seeing a lot of other teams, but looking at what I've seen, uh, I didn't really have that many upsets. I think Georgetown was probably my biggest upset that I had. I had them sneaking mm -hmm. into the sweet 16, but other than that, I mean, I just don't really see anything. Do you have a, a, a team? If you could root for one team to win it all this year, besides Gonzaga, you know, one of these teams that maybe is, you know, eighth seed or lower or just a, a surprise team that you think you'd want to see them win it, who do you think you'd go for? Um, looking at it, honestly, I'm going to go with Clemson. And it's kind of a joke, but in reality, I find it hilarious if Clemson were to win a national title this year and you find out it was in basketball and not football. <laughs> And, you know, it's a seven seed. And out of that region, like I'm kind of looking at it, they would have to beat quite a few teams, like West Virginia, Illinois to advance. But I don't know. If they can get past either one of those or both of them, I guess they'd have to. Actually, now that I'm looking at it again, I don't see it happening. But if I'm rooting for one <laughs> just for upset city, I'm going to Clemson. Um, you know, I like to see Bama and Arkansas advance further on because, you know, somebody's got to rep represent the SEC at this point since Kentucky decided to opt out this year, I guess, or whatever you want to call that. And I don't want to see Tennessee do it. So, to where I'm at. I want a lower school, Clemson, national tournament – or national champion, but for basketball, not football. Uh, I I kind of want to see – I think the, you know, the Loyola Chicago story is always so good uh, with Sister Jean getting a chance to oh, – she's going to actually be there. I think that'd be a cool moment, you know, the the year that we were trying to battle COVID and, and not knowing if Sister Jean was going to be able to be in attendance. Uh, I think that'd be so cool, the fact that she's able to be there and to see them, you know, hoist a championship, cut down the net. So that would, could be a fun thing. I, it's not going to happen. Uh, I just, you know, that they're just in a, a – they're going to have a tough draw, I feel, against Illinois. I mean, Georgia Tech's not a fun draw to start with either in that eight versus nine matchup. But maybe the Sister Jean magic continues this year. Um, They've got to at least get out of the first round. Like, oh, yeah. It's it's too good of a story to not at least get out of the first round. You can't have Sister Jean come back, <laughs> you know, have all this these stories around her, hype her back up because, you know, she couldn't do anything last year, obviously. Nobody could. you yeah. got to get at least out of the first round. Yeah, I agree with you on that one. I think 
I think looking at it as well, a lower seed that's somewhat scary to me is going to be Texas Tech. Uh, I don't see them getting bounced in the first round. I do think that they could beat off our, uh, beat up Arkansas to go into uh, the at least into the Elite Eight at that point. So I think Texas Tech is a scary team to kind of watch for as well. Trey, I, I know obviously tomorrow you'll be teaching, so you won't be able to really be around watching the, the tournament start, um, but I'm sure you'll have your laptop up while you're teaching to see scores piling in. Uh, my plan is to have the updates going so I can see who's winning and, and what's going on. But uh, is it is it just a great feeling just to kind of know that this is back and we finally gotten to that point? Um, yes and no. I have mixed emotions. So last year, you know, Kentucky was – they were going to the tournament. I bought the shirt, you know, like the little bench sideline shirt, like it's our time. And then about four days after I got the shirt, the tournament was canceled. You know, I was like, it's fine. I'll wear it next year. Here we are. I'm still not going to wear that shirt. <laughs> um, I'm excited because it shows like a sign of normalcy. Like, obviously, we got to the NFL season without too many hassles. Actually, had a Super Bowl champion. Um, so, you know, just see that normalcy back in sports. I know baseball is kind of getting back to normal in the swing of things. No pun intended. Um, so, yeah, it's it's tournament time. I've actually done, like, it, for those of you who don't know, I'm a PE teacher at Clarksville Academy, and I've saved the basketball unit or March, like intentionally. Like it was one of the first things I planned on doing. I knew we had to get to it at some point. So I've done a CA March Madness. And I actually started like, you know, the concept last week. We did a tournament starting on Monday. Um, that's been exciting. And in my seventh grade class, that's actually when the games will start. And they're like, can you just put the games up on the TV, like in the gym during class? I'm like, absolutely not. But in the back of my head, I'm strongly considering it. <laughs> doing so. so we'll see. That's exciting, man. I, I know those kids will love it. I, I just remember being in that same boat. You know, you, you'd you have one or two teachers where you could be like, hey, is there any way we can turn the tournament on it? And normally you'd have one or two teachers that'd be like, yeah, let's go ahead and turn it on. Or, you know, once I get done teaching, we'll turn it on type deal. So, um, yeah, it's just a fun time. And I agree with you. It's a chance to really see normalcy. Obviously, you can I'm, – I'm watching this Norfolk State, uh, Appalachian State game, and I'm watching it, and, you know, there's – you can see about five people, you know, the coaches are allowed to be on the bench. The players are actually up in the bleachers, like in the stands, you know, so it's, it's different. It's definitely a different look to it, but you know, you see a lot of empty seats. However, it, you know, it's, it's going to be uh, just kind of cool to see it happen because I, I just remember, I think it was uh Florida state was playing last year when they were getting ready to come out after warmups and they let them onto the court and they were like, hey, we're shutting down the tournament. And just to kind of see the look on those guys' face of just uncertainty. Are we, you know, what's going to happen to our careers? Like, you know, some of these people are like, my career's ending. I'm never going to play college basketball again. And to know that this year we're getting an opportunity to see it, I think is just a cool moment. So whoever wins this one, I think this year, definitely as much as I hate being the super optimistic, like let's be, you know, um, just happy with what I'm saying with this next line and, and kind of cliched, but I think we're all just going to kind of be winners this year to see who comes out on top to be able to witness, you know, these first four play in games and then seeing the, the round of 64, then 32, the sweet 16 elite eight, you know, final four and crown a national champion is going to be absolutely phenomenal to see this year. Oh yeah. It's absolutely great for, great for everybody. Cause I mean, I remember back in college, literally me and my two roommates, 
we would have I think four or five different TVs all across our living room. You know, like anytime we didn't have class, like we'd be home, like watching as many games as we possibly could. It didn't matter who was playing, it was on TV, like at all times. So no matter who was playing, it was a playing game, Sweet 16, there's a game on around the clock as long as any game was being played. So the fact that people have the opportunity again, obviously, like I'll be at work tomorrow, so I can't get too invested. But with this kind of adversity and, you know, the unknown about this entire season, the fact that we have made it at least to the tournament, you know, we're much further along than last year already. So I'm optimistic too. I don't agree with we're all winners. I'm just not that kind of guy. <laughs> and, you know, I'm not as invested because Kentucky forgot how to basketball this year. But it's okay. Austin P didn't make it. So, you know, I've been, I've been heartbroken since round one of the OVC tournament. So. Okay, Moorhead will get bounced first round. <laughs> That'll so. make up for it. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I actually one of my favorite things to do is uh, I actually uh, I you know I normally make my bracket and whatnot, and sometimes I you know I make I'll make different brackets because I'll be in different like leagues and whatnot. Um, but this year I've, I've kind of strictly said I'm just doing the one. I'm doing it for this show uh, to kind of continue off because we'll have you know multiple episodes, obviously, because there's multiple rounds. And uh, I've just kind of looked at it, and, and one of my favorite things that I like to do is I actually get a chance, and, and I sit down, and, and Callie's normally with me, and I have her pick the bracket based off of things that she does not know. Um, you know, completely just doesn't know the schools, uh, doesn't know anything, and, and sometimes, like, her logic will be, you know, I, I like this logo, or <laughs> what's, this, what's the mascot matchup again? Oh yeah, let me take that. Um, let, me see, let me see their uniforms. Exactly. So sometimes I like to I like to do that, and I mean most of the time it's pretty good because she'll be like, "Well, what what's the seating?" You know, and so you know when you get to like a two versus three matchup, she's like, "Hmm, that is tough." You know, and so you know there's there's a lot of times we do that as well, and she has a lot of fun doing that. So that that's kind of something that we didn't get to do last year. You know, that we're going right. to be able to bring back this year, but I mean since we started dating, which was you know, years and years ago, um, almost, almost a decade now, uh, of, of her and I actually, you know, dating, we've actually always done a bracket. I sit down next to her and hand write out her bracket for her. So, um, just kind of a fun thing. And then she'll watch the games completely uninvested because she doesn't care who wins obviously. Right. And, uh, yeah, so she'll, she's always kind of invested in just seeing what happens and kind of the drama behind it. So, that'll be cool to have that back this year as well and continue to make those memories um, with us there. So maybe that's something you and you and your uh, soon to be wife can start. You can tell her to pick a, make a bracket. That's right. Congratulations. We're almost, uh, we're almost in double digits starting tomorrow. So March madness, the start of it, the round of 64, not uh, marks 99 days before you you, you and uh, you and Taylor will be married. So, uh, great talking to you, man. It's a, a great chance to get back into the saddle of talking Schmidt and uh, kind of on a brighter note because really the ending of March Madness last year before it even started was really kind of the birth of the idea to start podcasting. So to kind of be on a, a break for as long as I have been since the Super Bowl and not really doing the podcast because, you know, some major life moves here, um, you know, buying buying a house getting that ready to go at this point. And, um, Congrats, ac- by the way. Hey, thank you. We're actually going to have an actual studio. One of the bedrooms 
uh, in our house is being turned into a studio. It's been approved by the boss lady herself. Um, yes, yeah, she said, yes. So we're going to have the ability to have, uh, I'm going to put soundproofing up all the good stuff, uh, get a little bit more high tech with what I have in my, in what will be a studio slash office. Um, so really fired up for that. So the Schmidt house studios will actually be the Schmidt house studios. It'll no longer just be, you know, a room in a townhouse that we rent. So I'm excited. (laughs) (laughs) I'm excited for it. Yeah. As you said, so is that going to be the first room that gets done or the last room, or it just depends on what she decides? It's funny because it was not planned this way. It was actually going to be one of the last rooms to get worked on, but it is actually the first room done. <laughs> so it's completely painted. Um, it's just ready to be moved into at this point. So we have to get a desk. Uh, I'm going to get a new mixing board, things like that. It has multiple inputs so I can have you know, Zoom recorded into it and all that good stuff and and just be able to take – more angles and have better audio and quality like that. So I'm fired up, man. I'm fired up for it. And like I said, this is going to be a fun tournament season and we'll see what happens. And I should have some, some pretty cool guests lined up for each round that we do shows. I started off with uh, one of the coolest. So I'm not crying. You're crying. <laughs> we were supposed to have Seth too. I'm, you know, Seth, no, he's, man. he's about to he, be a he dad. Prior engagements. And then, I told him about it and he's like, oh, he's like, well, what are you going to contribute? And I said, all right. To get <laughs> well, hopefully Seth listens to this all the way to the end so he can uh, uh, be here and be like, dang, I should have been on it. So uh, maybe we'll revisit this. You never know. And then he can just talk about how terrible our picks were with us um, as we go in- into the later rounds of this and see how it actually transpires don't forget you can go ahead and like and subscribe to this if you haven't already you can subscribe if you're listening to this on apple Podcasts or you're listening to it on spotify or wherever you get your podcast you can subscribe to us there you can also follow us on social media on twitter at underscore talking schmidt and on facebook at talking schmidt you get a chance to see what we're doing i also have posted a few questions on there about march madness feel free to answer those as we continue i'll try to post more and more Uh, questions as we go but for trey price i'm ethan schmidt this has been another episode of talking schmidt hey march madness is upon us we hope that you guys are watching and listening we'll see you next time